0: to the podcast Unimagined, where current and former students share how they imagine education in schools could be regarding student leadership. We ask them to share about their experiences and offer advice on how we can all do better. When we clear the floor of the obstacles, imagine what they will do. I really appreciate Christian taking the time to do this interview with me today. When you listen to what he shares, you're going to hear how even the kids who we don't identify as our leaders are in fact leaders in so many ways. Christian was a leader on the court among younger students and even in the classroom when he was being the class clown and trying to get a laugh out of others. Christian, welcome to the podcast. And I'm so grateful that we were able to connect and find time to do this because I am really eager to hear some of the things that you have to say and the stories that you have to share.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: The audience of the podcast is generally educators like me. The other audience that I feel like I'm starting to pull in are parents. So I'm just going to ask you to start by just giving us a little bit of a bio of who you are.
1: I'm Christian Barr. I'm 19 years old now. Ever since I was young, I'm a pretty outgoing kid. People seem to like to talk to me. I'm a likable person, I guess. I try not to dislike anybody. I'm a very athletic kid. I played basketball in college. Middle school and elementary school were definitely some fun times. Maybe not for the teachers. I was a pretty Pretty hard kid i was the type of kid that when teachers would leave they uh, would leave a long note for the sub with my name on it saying watch out pretty much that um was me all the way up until probably sophomore year freshman year i was kind of doing the same thing just being a little stinker and then it was interesting and then i started straightening it out sophomore year applied to be a peer leader teachers talked to me into it and then i got that I sent in the application, and I got back approved. I think right there, I was just like, whoa. And then really ever since then, it was smooth sailing in high school. Went by wicked quick. Classes started going a lot better, started behaving a lot better. Peer leadership itself was like a wicked fun class and opened up actually like what I wanna do in life. So because you you started like really hammering down on like the life skills, being best buddies and that's um really what I wanna do. In life, I just want to work with special needs kids. So I'm doing right now. I work almost full time and I'm going to school for elementary education.
0: You mentioned that you want to like everybody. So tell me how that plays out in high school because wouldn't you define high school sort of a time where kids are really trying to establish who they are and almost sort of like the pecking order? There's a lot of behaviors that tend to be sort of hateful so tell me how you navigated some of that I want to define you as a popular student kids gravitated to you 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 were popular I think probably because of your likability and willingness to like everybody
1: through high school I, I didn't want to like dislike someone just because of who they were everyone's got their own clicks I had my own click but I was the type of kid that would go to other groups like during lunch and stuff I would go up to everybody. And just kind of be a clown, you know, like I would just have fun with it. I would talk to everybody, say a little this and that. And I would try to find everyone's names. You know, I feel like that's the key to it. If you know someone's name and you say it in the hall, they're, they're it's going to like click with them and they're going to maybe brighten their day. But it's definitely hard. Like you definitely hear things and you don't know if they're true or not. Like rumors are huge in high school. It's it's hard to balance out what's true and what's not and what people are saying. That's, that's the hardest part. High school is just full of drama and rumors. And I feel like some people get discredited because of the rumors. I try to just like not judge people of what other people have said to me. I got to really dive in and find out who they are. And even if they're bad, I'm going to distance myself from them, but I'm not going to like start rumors.
0: I like how you describe it as I'm, I'm not going to hate on them. I'm going to distance myself from them. I think that's a a really key point there, because I think in general, what we find is if somebody burns us, our initial reaction, especially in high school, is to retaliate in a way, maybe it's not aggressively, but it could be passive aggressive, or it could be like you were mentioning the rumors. And I think that a key strategy is just to distance yourself and not destroy. Mm -hmm. You mentioned sophomore year, things started to change for you. What was it about sophomore year that you decided that you wanted to take a different path?
1: So sophomore year, it was a Bunch of things. I I was surrounded by great teachers. That definitely helped. Like I liked all my teachers, and my mom was really getting on me. She was just trying to straighten me out for years, and I would just kind of not blow it off. I would take what she said and just keep it deep down. Like I always knew what I needed to do. I think it had to do with basketball too. I didn't. That was started like the peak of basketball. I just couldn't let anyone down at that point. I just kind of looked at it like that. Like I didn't want to let my mom down. Didn't want to let the coach, teachers. I just had to get more mature
0: you speak about basketball were you as a freshman were you on the varsity team right away
1: freshman year i was going into it thinking i would have made varsity and i did really well that tryout and then i was on jv just after that just mentally i had to get better i started playing more and then come the summer of freshman year i was playing way more basketball like that was all i was doing so my my mental health was actually pretty good. I was happy all the time. And then like beginning of sophomore year, right around the basketball season rolled around, I was talking with coach and he was like, you're going to be on varsity. You just got to step it up basketball wise and in school wise. Because obviously he heard what was happening freshman year because I made the team run like two or three times. And that was not a good thing because I was like, if I keep getting in trouble. I'm going to make people run and they're not going to like me. And I don't want that to happen.
0: Yeah. Were you a part of Life Skills or Best Buddies during that sophomore year?
1: I was always really good with God uh, the Life Skills program. i hang out with a couple of the students all the time at lunch. I wouldn't go into their class and help them out until like junior year.
0: So that was not even something that you were doing as an intentional thing. It was just something that was naturally something that you did because of your friendly nature. Did Did any of your other teachers in middle school – Did anybody else see that in you, that connection that you had with students like that?
1: I mean, even in middle school, there was a couple of special needs students in our middle school, and I would just hang out with them at recess and stuff. That's always just been a soft spot for me.
0: So it was sort of like a natural entry into working with students of special needs, it wasn't something that you had to do because of community service, or because it was something that a class was doing, it was just natural to you. Because I feel like you were instrumental in implementing that into the leadership class. I think was it your year that we started working with adaptive PE as well, right?
1: I think that was our junior year. And then I think it was like the end of junior year, The whole Best Buddies idea was brought up. Yeah. And then we started really hammering it like senior year. We'd start doing the adaptive PE and then we'd all like rotate in and out for the peer leader class. What is
0: your experience with working with students of special needs, Um, your particular experience? And then what do you think uh, the mainstream students experience is with students of special needs in a, in a classroom setting or even just a school setting?
1: For me, my experience, I had an uncle, he had like a major stroke, and it kind of like messed with his brain. So he, he was like, He was definitely off. He wasn't special, but he definitely acted like he was special, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And he was like my favorite person. He passed away like three years ago. That's when it all started. But experience wise, I didn't have great experience with, I didn't really know what to do. I was definitely uncomfortable at first. Pretty much everybody's inexperienced with it. Like when you get put into a classroom with someone who has autism or Down syndrome, probably uncomfortable. You, You really don't know what to do. You don't know, like most people don't know how to act around them because... They're just not experienced with it. What really needs to happen is parents need to start drilling into their kid's mind at like a, like a young age that disabled people are fine. You need to talk to them and like they're just normal people. I just feel bad for people because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to go out of their way and try to talk to someone. They can say hi, which is cool and stuff. It's an uncomfortable thing. It's not, they're just not around it a lot.
0: Do you think it's based in fear that I'm not going to do a good job?
1: nerves probably. Yeah. That's definitely what it is. People are definitely nervous. Yeah. It's fear really. Hmm. They don't want to mess up. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to insult the person.
0: Can you think of a specific victory that you had with the leadership program and then maybe a specific challenge that you had in that program? It was funny. I was in an interview recently and they were they were asking me about a mistake that I made and And to talk about a student that I had an impact on. And our basketball at the pep rally, that was the experience that I talked about when I, as my mistake, when I jumped to an assumption of what happened and how you and I navigated that together. And the thing for me that was so powerful was the email that you sent me acknowledging my experience that that moment of you saying, I understand what it was like to be in your shoes when that happened. And it was so powerful, Christian. That was probably, it'll probably be one of the memories that lasts forever for me.
1: I'm glad. If I had to pick one victory, honestly, I would have to say just getting that application back and saying approved, to be honest. If really, if I didn't do peer leadership, I definitely learned so much and matured throughout the junior and senior year just because of it. We learned a lot of stuff. We were the ones teaching the freshmen, but honestly, that that was great information to take in for yourself too. You would learn it and then teach it. So it's like you get two. It just sinks in heavy. But yeah, that's definitely the the victory was getting in. That really turned around my high school career. And then a challenge. Definitely. I'm going to kind of contradict myself right here. I said previously that I I don't dislike people, but now that I remember senior year, there was people in our peer leadership class that I definitely butt heads with and keeping that cool, not causing problems was the biggest challenge because I could have, some of the times I could have made a big fuss and caused problems with some of the peers, but I don't think I did. No. I think for the most part, I stayed. Stayed cool. I try to like people, but it's sometimes it is very hard to do that.
0: That's really funny because as you say that, I'm like, oh, huh, wonder who he was talking. about. <laughs> so you did a great job. That's a, I mean, that's a testament to your ability to not have it infiltrate too much. How about school in general what was a victory for school in general and a challenge for school in general
1: My biggest victory in school was being a thousand point score breaking like the Christmas tournament record and just having my name up on the the banner at school forever that really that sinks in like
0: yeah it's a legacy
1: that actually one of my best my greatest victories in challenges like I struggled a lot with doing homework and I found myself really not doing homework all that much.
0: Why did it present itself as a challenge for you?
1: Well, because I didn't do the homework. When I got to the test, I didn't really know what I was doing, so it was kind of like a guessing game, and it really just like affected poorly on my grade at the end of the day.
0: My follow-up question is why didn't you want to do the homework? Why wasn't it a priority for you to do the homework?
1: One of my biggest challenges in life, I am such a lazy person. I hate doing things and I don't know why. I just don't like to do things like homework. I dreaded it work. I dreaded it. I've been trying to break it lately.
0: I would not describe you as lazy at all in terms of your basketball commitment.
1: Things that are challenging for me, then I start becoming lazy. If I don't like something, then I'm going to start being lazy. Homework, I don't like to do it. Then I get into this mindset. It's just like, (sighs) like, sorry, like the certain things i get super lazy about
0: yeah i think this is this is where your information and your story is going to be super valuable for others. So tell me a little bit more about was challenging for you in a way that was not challenging to do better, right? Because basketball, I'm sure, is challenging for you. But it's a challenge that you want and you're looking forward to and you can see the victory in the end, right? Maybe it's your three-point shot or whatever, but you can see the final result and you know when you're successful. So what about homework? Is it all subjects or are there specific subjects that you tend to be more challenged by and you don't want to do the work and so you become lazy? How do we motivate somebody like you?
1: So yeah, honestly, it was like all subjects, but math in particular ways to like motivate give options. I think that really helped. If you lay out options, here's option A or B, C, you have to pick one. It has to be done. But if you give me options in the scenario that I like best, it's going to get done. That's how I work. If you lay out a couple different ways, say I have a piece of homework and you were like, okay, you can do the odds tonight. Like, if it was due, like, tomorrow or something, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. If you just lay out options, like, I think that works better.
0: Are they different ways of doing it? So I'm thinking for myself, right, like, I teach chemistry. So is it my option is you can do the worksheet, do this lab, or you can create, you know, like, is that the options you're looking for? Or is the options like you could do worksheet A, worksheet B, or worksheet C?
1: Like, I just think as a teacher, if you give the kid the option, they're going to it's going to switch in their brain. They're going to like it more, whatever it is. They're feeling like they're choosing what they're doing. But in reality, it's the same thing, just different ways. Yeah. If you just have like a piece of homework and have them pick just like what they want, it's going to I feel like it's just going to flow better. Just options in general.
0: So your grades sort of dictated whether you were able to play in your basketball seasons or not. And your attendance also dictated. Did you feel like that was a motivator?
1: Definitely a motivator for me. I had to, I had to keep my cool. Couldn't get in trouble. I had to get good grades really for basketball. And I always go back on basketball.
0: What kind of things would get you in trouble? Because you sort of started out this conversation saying that you try and like everybody or you distance yourself if kids are being sort of, and in my mind, most kids are getting in trouble because of interactions with other students. So what were kind of things that would get you in trouble?
1: I'm not going to lie. I love attention. And one of my biggest things, I just love being a class clown. I think it's hilarious. Just getting laughs out of peers. My biggest thing is if I can make a person laugh, that's the best feeling for me. Just making somebody laugh because it's making them happy. I guess just high school, just messing with the teachers, cracking jokes. I had a really odd way of being funny that most people didn't. I guess in like teachers' eyes, it was rude. It wasn't bad stuff. I didn't, like, swear. I would just be like a, like a menace. Just find ways to just sneak a joke in. That was it. That's how I got in trouble.
0: Were you making people laugh at the expense of the teacher?
1: No. Like I said, I had weird ways of being funny. I would never just blatantly be rude or mean to somebody. Like, that's just not how I'd m- make people laugh. I would just be silly. That's the word. I'd just be silly.
0: So do you think that that behavior and that attention seeking, do you think that was what maybe motivated you to want to be part of the leadership program? Yeah. Did you get what you were looking for?
1: I mean, you know, I was, that's just who I am. I just like attention. Wherever I am, it's I like, have to be known, I guess. And usually the way I do it is by making people laugh.
0: Where do you think you learned the most when you were in school? Is that learning translating to
1: college for you? I guess I can't really say that yet because we haven't had a a proper year. I feel like, I don't know, definitely like towards my senior year, probably. That's when it really like clicked and everything hit like, wow, I'm going to college.
0: What is your goal for college? Why did you choose that? And how do you feel about that choice now?
1: I've always had an interest in going for education, but I was just never, I never thought I could do it. I always thought it was going to be too hard, but then something really, it, I changed my major. It was going good. I struggled with it a lot, and that's, but the end goal was to be like a special education teacher. I don't know if I want to stay in the major anymore. I had thoughts into switching into photography because I've always been into photography and I actually, I would stay in elementary education and then I would minor in photography.
0: Were you captain of the basketball team? Did you feel like you had any leadership training to be a captain? Or do you feel like captains in general have any actual leadership training to be captains?
1: I've always been a leader on the court. The senior year, I actually got named captain. I knew it was coming. Honestly, wasn't a great captain for people my age. Like if they were younger than me, a really good captain, just like a big brother for people. I had a whole year of leadership experience from junior year from your class. So a lot of that transferred on the court for sure.
0: Do captains have any? It's one thing to have leadership skills, but how do you develop those leadership skills if you are named captain? Is there an opportunity to develop the leadership skills? Or curiosity is that I fear that Often captains are put in a role and they don't have any background or training on how to be a good leader. Is that something that you can attest to or that you would dispute?
1: So there's a lot of drama still. When you're a captain, you want to be a captain. And when there's three other people, it's hard to manage a team with experience-wise. I think as a coach, it's your job to pick good captains, not because they're good at basketball. They have to be good leaders. You shouldn't just pick a captain because they can play the game. Like you got to actually have someone that knows what they're doing how to like lead like I remember we had a a captain once didn't really play a lot it was a great Jojo Simeone but like he was he was a captain he was great he was like my big bro he like was a great leader so I think it's just the coach's job to just like really like take time
0: advice would you have for students right now
1: My advice? Just live. I think that's a huge thing for me. In high school, you just have to have fun. Yes, take it seriously. Go for it. But you need to have fun. You need to have a social life. Get out and go do stuff with friends because honestly, that's like the best four years of your life. I think that's the advice I give. Just you got to be happy and with what you have. Like that's also a thing that I've learned how to do. Be grateful for what I have and just be happy. And also another piece of advice, take advice. When someone's giving you advice, really listen, because chances are if they're giving you advice, they know a little bit about what they're talking about. Like I feel like if you can do that, really like take advice from people, you can go far. Yeah. You can do a lot of things.
0: All right. What about in general? Here's my advice for the adults in the world.
1: Adults and parents definitely have structure. But Don't have too much. And I feel like if you let a kid, if you give them what they need to know and let them figure it out on their own, I think that's the best way you can parent. What my parents did, they gave me whatever I needed to be successful and kind of let me figure it out. They let me make mistakes. They didn't really care if I got in trouble Because they knew I was going to learn from it. That's the biggest thing. You need to learn from your mistakes. If you can learn from your mistakes, you're going to be set. Because everybody makes mistakes. It's just a natural thing.
0: So you're encouraging parents to let their children make mistakes so that they have the opportunities to learn from them. Can you give some advice to administrators and teachers?
1: Connect with the kids. That's the number one thing. I definitely had a lot of teachers in, in high school that I just didn't connect with and it made it so much harder. If you can just like sit down with your student and try to like learn something about them, like one little thing each day, you're going to know so much about them, like by the time they're done with your class. And that's the main thing. If you like really just connect with them, they're going to learn so much better. They're going to like you more. They're just going to make them want to pay attention to your class and just really learn.
0: Christian, thank you so much for your time today. I think there's a lot of really valuable pieces of information. So thank you so much.
1: No, thank you for having me.
0: Hearing from the identifiable class clown giving advice to students and teachers and parents was such a valuable experience to me. I hope you listen to the advice and reflect on how students like that in your classroom may really value connections that you make with them. Thank you for listening to another episode of Unimagined. If this episode spoke to you, like it. If you think someone else could use it, share it. Or if you know of a student who has a story to tell, connect them to us. You can find me on Twitter at LConnell20. The theme music for this podcast was written and produced from a former colleague of mine, Keith McLyndon, who is also an educator at a vocational school in Massachusetts.